I often wake up quite perky. Do you wake up perky? No, my wife Chris does not wake up perky. The spirit of the zombie doth linger on her, you know. So earlier this week, I woke up and I felt, I think I felt the Lord say, tell them to launch out into the deep. So I thought, that's my sermon up the creek. I better start again. So there it is. So we'll have a little look at that, shall we? All right, you may respond. (laughs) You are animate, aren't you? (laughs) And um, we're looking forward to being here next week to... See, I keep wanting to say induction, isn't it? Pastor and Mrs. Pastor, not inducement, is it? We don't want any of that, you know. So we'll be here. So you you only need one chair for me. Chris brings her own, so that's quite all right, isn't it, I suppose? So I'm interested in this because God, to me, is consistent in character but unpredictable in action. I get the feeling that we're consistent in action and unpredictable in character sometimes, don't you? You know, sort of the other way around. And uh, I feel like you are on the edge of something which could be absolutely tremendous. If you are... If you are a word and spirit church, unpredictability could become common to you. In other words, we really do want to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in our meetings. So when it was showtime, I got quite excited actually, didn't you? It's absolutely excellent. And I just love these intrusions, don't you? Because quite often we sort of fit into a tradition. I mean, I'm a sort of a, an Anglican, then I became born again in a Pentecostal church and house church. I don't know, it's a, it's a whole sort of mixture. So, I quite enjoy unpredictability, don't you? I mean, m- imagine being in. We nearly had something there. <laughs> Sorry, Paul, but imagine being in that upper room, you know, and the wind comes in and their heads catch on fire and they speak in languages they've not known and they run out into the street and cause mayhem, isn't it? Now, is that unpredictable? This is God doing something that is totally beyond where we are. So, are you up for it? Yes. If it's God, that's the issue. But then, you know, there was an experience at the day of Pentecost. Then they got their theology right, you know. We, we often stop and say, I want to see it in the Word, sonner. The Word. There's no surrender. It's the Word. That was Ian Paisley, but never mind. <laughs> and sometimes we sort of hesitate. When I get the feeling, um, new pastor, he wants us to jump out and go into the deep and go into places where we haven't been before. I mean, the thing is, what did Jesus know about fishing? Is something else? I mean, all right, maybe he knows everything in that sense. But, you know, I practiced years ago as a chartered surveyor and valued houses and property 
Everybody I met knew how to do it better than me. We're all amateur valuers of our houses. We know best, don't we? Oh, yes, you do. That's my experience. This is, oh dear. I'm going to move this. Can I put it up there? Because it's all wet underneath here. And Jesus says, boys, put out in, I've forgotten what time I started, so time me, 29 minutes, all right? Yeah. Put out into the deep and let your nets out for a catch. And Peter said, you see, you only fish at night. What they did. We can't do it any other time. We can't change. We've always done it this way. We've always had the chairs like this. I don't know whether you were there, Peter and Kate, but back there in Bristol years ago, we had a meeting. And do you know what we did? We took all the chairs out. You were. I tell you, we all got into insecure little groups, like little penguins, all insecure, you know. And it was really strange because sometimes chairs become a sort of a fixture for security. We had a few round the edges for the old bit of the older people, you know. But uh, we've all no, you, we cannot fish in the day. It is not on. I can imagine him going. Mm. You know, can't you? What does he know? (sighs) Peter's doubts of the fishing ability of Jesus actually changed to Peter's doubts about himself about an hour or so later. Peter said, all right then. I think he trusted Jesus enough to believe his words. We've sung and spoken a lot about the promise, haven't we? It's like he promised them. Boys, go out in the day, let your nets out for a catch. But, 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 but. Peter said, oh, all right then. Something happened to touch Peter's spirit And he didn't argue. It was so totally different. Someone said this, constant change is here to stay. Now I'm sure as the new broom with respect comes in and he's not going to sweep everything out and do this, that and the other, I'm sure. I suspect he'll be wise and harmless, don't you? (laughs) But... This was absolute, I think, absolute radical thinking. Absolute radical thinking. And when Peter saw what was happening, good grief. Let me read it. I'm sure it's in the message. Do you read the message? Oh, all right. It's really good, I think. He fell to his knees before Jesus. Master, leave, leave. 
I'm a sinner. I can't handle this holiness. Leave me to myself. When they pulled in that catch of fish, all, A-W-E, all overwhelmed Simon and everyone with him. They were gobsmacked. They were amazed. They could hardly believe it. But it happened. Why? Because they trusted in a radical sense of word. Go out into the deep. And I get the feeling the Lord wants you to go out into the deep. The unknown. The darkness. I mean in our experience in God, you are with me, aren't you? The mystery. The danger. And out of depth. I think, church, it's time. I'm speaking to me. You're just listening. I think it's time for us to go out of our depth in our experience in God. And that's a radical word. In Ezekiel 47, it talks about the river, doesn't it? And finally, it goes over the person's head. And I think some of us have sort of tippy-toed to the shallows and, you know, dipped our toes in it, even maybe to our ankle, or maybe our knees, maybe our, what are these things? Oh, hips, you know, maybe. But at the end of the day, I think he wants us to go in over our heads. And as much as I love logic reason, don't you? I think sometimes logic reason would tend to restrict us and even suffocate us in our move into the depths of the Spirit of God. That's why I think um, Elijah, halfway up Mount Carmel, put his head between his knees, didn't he? I can't do that physiologically. Some of you can, but I'm just that sort of shape. You know, I can't do it. But he put his head between his knees and on the seventh time the servant went up, there was a cloud as small as a man's hand. And before long, the rains came. Sometimes we need to let go. There is clearly an element of trust here. And the challenge is about deep relationships. Launch out into the deep. And maybe it's this in quotes, deep, in here. Because we are so deep, aren't we? Yes, we are. I mean, there's a superficiality and all that sort of thing. But there is a depth to us that I don't think we've actually given God permission to plumb. And I think he wants us to touch him and him to touch us in a deeper way before. That's why I'm so pleased communion is next. Because as Peter was saying, and as everybody alluded to, I believe God wants to touch us deeply as we eat bread and wine. In that glorious, spiritual, symbolic, in brackets, a bit more than symbol, presence of God. I believe it. So I'm going to sit there, or wherever I'll sit, and I'm going to receive. Because I've got some pain at the moment, physically. I don't want it anymore. Let alone anything else. He's calling us. And sometimes the head, the mind, does get in the way. 
Sometimes we think ourselves out of things, don't we? So here they are, coming back with nout. You say that here, or did I go down to Bristol then? No, we say nothing, nothing. And he says, go back, but go into the deep. And it was against every logic reason, every tradition of the fishermen. And maybe the Lord may do something in your midst, please God do, that may be just against your traditions, your way, your worldview. But listen, it might well be God that could bring revolution that will ultimately bring such an overwhelming fruitfulness in your midst that you'll look back and say, I'm so glad we went with the Spirit of God and not held back. Talk about you coming away from the crossroads. You're going somewhere. Not cyclic, it's linear, isn't it? Point A to point B. That's why I believe you're on the cusp cusp. You're on the edge of something. You really are. And this message was radical. Radical. It wasn't the usual. It was extreme. It was drastic. It was dangerous. It really got to the roots. It was uncompromising. No concession. Unyielding. Boys, go there. Do that. And in their fisherman lore and In the fisherman manuals, it wasn't there. But we've always done it in this way. Well, I want to rebuke that statement forever, don't you? It was disturbing. He threw them into disorder. He interfered. He agitated. He broke into something. He caused alarm. (gasps) Particularly when, as they threw the nets down, so multitudes of fish swam Olympic speed to get into the net to obey the word of Creator. Yes. Well, how did they get there? They weren't there on our radar. Where did they come from? And suddenly they were overwhelmed with fruitfulness and blessing. So they had to get their boys, the the partners in, the other guys in. Isn't that interesting? I do long for our facilities. We've just bought a building, by the way. Last Friday we agreed terms. Yeah, it's fantastic. That'll expand things. It's fantastic. But wouldn't it be great if beautiful buildings like these, filled with the Spirit of God, were filled to overflowing? That you you had to give away some of your converts to the lot down the road. Wouldn't that be something else? Or they were graceful enough to give you some of theirs. That's more like it. Maybe something would happen in the Rossendale Valley. Challenging, stimulating, exciting. So it was a radical message, an uncompromising message, a disturbing message, and a challenging message. They, can you imagine them? Peter, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? He says, obey him. Obey. Not or be, no, not that. Obey. And out they went. Yes. There was something about his words that touched them in a deep way. Something amazing. 
It was no sooner than done, a large haul of fish straining the nets past capacity. And they waved to their partners, quick, help us! They filled both the boats, nearly swamping them with the catch. Not that I was there, but the Welsh revival brought a 100,000 souls in five years, 20,000 a year, 400 minimum a week. I wouldn't mind a little swamp, would you? (laughs) Just a little one. Absolutely amazing. God, constant in character, but unpredictable in action. Maybe we need to change. You know, the Galatians had something amazing. But they came out into something, but went back in, in this sort of bewitching way, didn't they? Who has bewitched you, said the apostle. You started so well with faith, but you went back into the restrictions and the suffocation of law. You grieve the spirit. Surely, if we do follow him, nothing is safe. Nothing we own is safe, particularly us. Do you know what I'd love him to do? Ruin a few people with his love. Including me. Ruined. (laughs) Hang on, did Jesus say follow me or was it follow my rules? We're on the edge. Launch out. Go beyond where you are. So it was last Sunday morning. I was in the shower. The shower. Quarter past twenty past seven. It was a bit early, really. The phone rang. Woke up, Chris. It's a friend from Bristol. She says her husband, who's just about my age, has an aggressive brain tumour. Could you pray? He's now with the Lord. He died Tuesday. I go down Wednesday to speak for five minutes. It's a long way for five minutes, but I'm going. Because I knew him quite well and loved him. He influenced me with the gospel all those years ago. But taken in his early 60s. I suppose it was, I don't know, half an hour later. Like some of you, one checks the emails, doesn't one? Is it just me that checks the emails in the morning? Nah. There's one on there. Friend of ours, John Presty, have you come across him? He's an amazing guy. His son-in-law, 41, esophageal cancer, he's gone down to the liver at least. Try not to look at my doctor friend there, but that's not good news. And it shook me. It sh- it's shaken me this week. And I long for God to break through in this unpredictable action so that we actually see in this nation miracles that we've read about in the other nations. I want to see something that I'm involved in, because I keep hearing things and I'm not there, you know. I keep reading about things and I want to be. And we've, we've seen some touches, haven't we? Yes. We've seen some touches of God, even in our midst. 
But I long for more. And maybe this is the time for us to launch out. It took four men to take a roof off to get Jesus. I expect there was some law about that, don't you? Health and safety. Oh, it's a load of old, whatever you want to call it sometimes, isn't it? They ripped off someone else's roof to get their friend healed. I just sensed something is going to happen. Be aware of that. Because you've not brought the next man, God appointed man, into this place to lead you. So that you can carry on nicely in the quietness of the river. I want to be out where the, um, where the, I want to be white boarding or white rafting, don't you? I want to be out there. In the depth of the flow. In the rush of the water. Not just dipping about in the, in the shallows. You see, someone has said this, we are, I've got no idea. You're gonna have to help me. I have got no idea. Ten minutes? Five? Eight! (laughs) She is so, I do love her. I do love her. (laughs) We've known her more than you, longer than we. Eight. (laughs) Someone has said, we are in a, a war between dullness and astonishment. Is Christianity life-changing, bringing life where there is none? Are we, quote, just nice people, nice is all about cream cakes, or are we wild-eyed radicals? You know, a Pentecostal pirate sort of thing. I didn't see it last night, did you? Someone like him, you know, Captain Jack. Was that his name? No. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That roof caused a fantastic problem. But what a glorious solution. And it took those four men to go out of their depth. I don't want Christianity just to be nice. There's no room for being nice anymore, I don't think. I want to be part of that radical group of people. Even us in Rossendale Valley, or where I live in Biddyland Garstang, you know, where there are more of those little motorized wheelchair things going up and down the main road, it is ridiculous than you've ever seen in your life. I want to turn the world upside down, don't you? Or have we settled for something less? There was something very, very dangerous about Christianity in those early days. In here. Something dangerous. It says in one version, they durst not join themselves. The word join is glue. They wouldn't glue themselves because they knew the cost. They durst not. Very West Country. And somehow I long to want to get back to ruining people's lives with a a radical Jesus. Don't you? They're out there. They're waiting. I've heard it said, whether it was Andrew. They're out there. They're hungry. They're waiting. 
So we're chatting to the neighbour, they'd been around a few years and something came up and he says, oh, you're one of those born-again Christians, are you? Suddenly, there's a little opening. So I didn't rush in and told him he was going to hell. Is that all right? But there's, it's relationship, there's something happening. There's a hunger in this postmodern, do-what-you-like society. There's a, there's a clear desire for spirituality. And maybe it's time for us to launch out. Someone has said this, I was seized by the power of great affection. Well, I was, but what about now? Seized by the power. My heart was captured. My life turned upside down. I was astonished by the love of God. And I will carry on saying so. Are you a danger to society? To church? To culture? Or have we slid into something and lost that first love? That Ephesus church was so radical, so disturbing, so uncompromising, whatever. They lost. It wasn't stolen. They'd lost. They'd neglected something. Are there people who believe in Jesus, but are no longer astonished, devastated, or amazed by his love? Or is it that there are many with this sort of spirit of mediocrity still on them? I tell you, I'm getting too old to hang around <laughs> with respect to me. I want to push forward. I really do. The thing about Aslan was he wasn't safe, was he? But he was good. Don't you like that? I wish I could make things up like that, don't you? I just read them and take them, don't you? So I want to move away from predictability. For it doesn't foster faith. It stifles and suffocates. The thing is, Jesus surprised everybody all of the time. I mean, he would do things so differently. I mean, he'd eat at the wrong house. Talk to the wrong people. He'd have a chat to trees, do you remember? Talk to the weather. He even healed on the wrong day. Blow the day, I wouldn't mind a few healings, you know. It was as though where Jesus was, there was this sense of unpredictability. And he made people uncomfortable. Something about Smith Wigglesworth in that, isn't there? That he's reading his scripture on the train and people are on their knees saying, God, what's going on? I feel I'm sensing my sin. And it was the presence of God coming off old Wigglesworth himself. God, do it. I want to be so ordinary, don't you? But with this touch of extra uh, within me. Risk and adventure. Dangerous, unpredictable, uncontrollable. Wild Christianity, threatening the norm. Or is it just another Sunday morning, a little bit of sense of bland and on we go. I don't want that. I want to be so touched and stirred up, don't you? So that I influence, I contaminate, I affect society. People look at me and say, what's, why are you, I had it the other day, why are you singing? I think we should go out singing in the co-op, don't you? And in test schools and all those other places. 
I think we should. Let's, let's do some singing and humming and whistling. Because talk about doom and gloom. I were do something different, something. And you say, well, it's God. And they look at you, you know. <laughs> I think it's time. I think it's time. I think we need the paradox of, of irresponsible passion, don't you? Irresponsible passion. Living with expectancy, with anticipation, with enthusiasm. I'm not talking about me and the cricket, I can assure you. But expecting that something good is going to come out of today. Oh, the news. No point talking about it. It's full of, isn't it, darkness and gloom. I want the BBC, or whoever you watch, to say something about good news, don't you? I really do. But we have something. We have something that we can share from grateful hearts, touched by grace, bubbling up into torrents of thankfulness. Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be good if people once again said, there is no ordinary God. Your God, I can see, is no ordinary God. That's what I long for, don't you? Launch out into the deep. Let go. Sometimes we're so full of self control. Oh, I can't. I want to say, oh, yes, you can. You can. Let go. Trust him. Go out into the deep. Never done that before. Well, he's telling you to do something else. And together. So as we take communion in about a minute, Kate, are you doing it? Good girl. Am I on time? I think I've got a smile. i got one minute. <laughs> As we break bread and give our lives to the Lord, let's reach out. Sometimes I see us, now let me say it like this, sometimes I see me as an iceberg, you know. Five, six under the water. Deep in the unconscious. One sixth above. It's this depth that I'm longing for God to touch. Sometimes, you know, we never bury problems dead. They're all deep down in there. Lord, I pray that even this morning that as we open ourselves and break bread and open ourselves to your spirit, you might go in and defrost some things down inside. Bring something to, of the warmth of your presence from memories that so beset us. Touch us physically. Come by your spirit, Lord, and move our hearts. Now let me just read this. This is the message. God's spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. Sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To set the burdened and the battered free. To announce this is God's year to act. Yes. And he sat down and it says all the eyes in the place were on them. They're all looking at him. And he said this. You've just heard scripture make history. Because it's come true Right here in this place.
Isn't that fabulous? God, do it with us. Amen. Amen. Thank you.